last night at dinner. Okay, I'm not going to tell you a story about my house last night at dinner, but that's kind of what the text is walking through. It feels like Luke is writing a story, right? And it, it just feels like he's recounting this last event that happened while they were at dinner at a ruler of the Pharisee's house. Okay, now I want you to think of dinner at your house, and I'm sure it always looks like this, right? <clears throat> Every night, everybody's smiling, absolutely perfect. Well, Norman Rockwell's version of perfect anyway. Okay, maybe it looks more like this. That's my house sometimes. Okay, moms, I know your arms don't stretch that far, but I bet they get really, really, really close, or you feel like they need to. And dads, maybe you're not lifting the table all the time, but probably want to, okay? So things are chaotic. Things are messy. Our lives are not always in perfect order, and things just kind of get out of hand. So as Jesus is walking along, remember, on the way to Jerusalem, getting closer in each one of these settings, he is sitting at dinner at the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the ones who knew the law and made sure everybody else should know the law. And also, the Pharisees are that group of religious leaders that really like praise. They're the ones that would walk through the marketplace dressed as nicely as they could be dressed to garner the praise of the people and for everybody to look up to them. So they invite Jesus in. And you notice that one little phrase, and they were watching him closely. Watching him closely. Remember, they're trying to catch him on something. Now, anytime in Scripture you see this little word, behold, and I've said this before, don't just pass by it. Because as the author is writing, as Luke is writing, and he says, look, behold. That behold word, you should really hear more of a pay attention to this now. Looky here, watch this. It's an exclamation. It's an attention grabber. It's saying this point right here is super important. Because remember where they're at. They're at dinner. Last night, at dinner. At the house of a ruler of the Pharisees. You would imagine the very prominent. And those who want to show themselves as very prominent. And who shows up? This guy. A man with dropsy. Okay, we don't really know what dropsy is, at least not in our common language. It's, it's water retention. It's something that is visibly making somebody ill, barely able to stand up on their own, lack of energy, needing to be cared for and carried in by somebody. This is not a man that would just be at a ruler of the Pharisee's house for dinner. There's absolutely no reason for this guy to regularly be at this dinner table at all. So Luke says, behold, look, watch this, check it out. This guy with dropsy shows up. It's a better translation, it works that way. But he shows up, and so Jesus stops for a second. Jesus knows what he's going to do, but he asks a very good question to the guys that knew the law. Hey, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? That's the other part of dinner, right? This wasn't Monday dinner, Tuesday dinner, Wednesday dinner. This was Sabbath dinner. This is a time of rest in God's presence. A day set aside, a holy day, a holy moment where people were to set aside and remember the bounty and care of God for his people. And Jesus says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? 
And they're silent. So he kind of answers our question. He heals them, right? Heals them in and sends them away. Seems kind of odd he's sending him away. You'd, you'd want him to invite him to dinner at that moment, but you, I mean, imagine being in that spot of that guy, too, that was sick. There's enough drama going on in your day. There's a place that you're not familiar with. You've been pulled into this dinner to be kind of a spectacle, and then all of a sudden, God has healed you. I want to go tell my family. I want to go back other places. So Jesus sends him away. He knows what's going to be best in that situation. He sends the guy away. Then he asks another question of the Pharisees. Which of you having a son or an ox who falls into a ditch, a well, on the Sabbath is not immediately going to go run over and care for them and pull them up and put them into a better spot? And again, they're silent. So the question that we can wrestle with as we look through all of this text, because there's more coming here, what does life look like now as we know the promise of resurrected life later? What does life look like now, knowing that we've been 100% cared for before God? What does life look like every day in this moment as we know the promise ahead of us? To be honest, sometimes I want to rush ahead to the promise and forget about life now. The promise sounds really good. A meal with Jesus. That sounds beautiful. But it's not time for that yet. We live now. We don't live then. We live now. So Jesus turns his attention, right? And in the middle of this dinner, on the Sabbath again, he turns his attention from the guy who's sick handling this law question or, you know, what the Pharisees are going to do, and he turns his attention to the guests. And as orderly as we would like to think a lot of dinners are, there's a lot of little chaos going on. Now, this next one is not a picture necessarily of that exact text. It's more of a different picture of the Last Supper. But what I felt in this by looking at this is the chaos and the tension. Usually we see Da Vinci's Last Supper and everything's kind of laid out in order. That's not so much in order. You've got John sitting there with his hand on his elbow, which I always tell my kids to get their elbows off the table. You've got other guys that are contending with one another, trying to figure things out. The only one peaceful is the dog. And so there's this tension, there's this crazy stuff that's going on in the midst of this as everybody's asking questions. And at that dinner at the Pharisees, Jesus turns his attention to the guests and he says, hey, don't look for the places of honor. It slides past us, but usually the tables were set out with a head table and then other tables running long ways, perpendicular to it. Every table sat three people. The place of honor at every table was the center seat of those three people at every table. The table closest to the head was the most honorable, and the one at the very head, of course, was the head table. Okay? I put it into a real-world real world perspective here. Uh, you go to a wedding party. Go to a wedding reception. You've got the head table with all of the wedding party at it. And then you've got the family who are usually closest to that head table, right? And then you got the table back by the restrooms where it's like the third cousin, twice removed neighbor, you know, that you had to invite. And they're way, 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 way back on the other side. Now, if that person had walked up and said, you know what, I'm going to sit in the groom spot, <clears throat> everybody would say, no, 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 no. you got to get out of here. But if the groom remembered that that guy, that guy saved his life one day, probably going to go get him and say, hey, would you come sit next to me for a little while? 
It's kind of what Jesus is saying. Okay? He's saying, look, as you guys, as you guests are invited to this meal, stop clamoring for the spots that look the best to show yourselves off because the moment something happens where the host says, no, this guy actually needs to sit there, it's going to kick you down. But sit at the lowest spot and then be raised up. Okay? And sit in humility. Let somebody else have that spot. Let some care happen for somebody else to go sit in that spot. And when it's necessary, you'll be, you'll be pulled up to that spot. The third part of this whole night at dinner. At this whole time at dinner, Jesus changes his focus again. He went from the healing to the guests, and now he looks at the hosts. He says, and you, leaders, rich folks, ones who have all of the abundance, when you host a meal and invite people, don't invite the prominent people. They're just going to repay you. Invite the ones that can't eat. Invite the ones that actually need the care. Invite the ones that I have given you abundance to care for. Invite the ones who are lonely. Invite the ones who are far off. Invite the ones who you know are not going to invite you back to another meal because they can barely scrape together food for themselves. And sometimes that looks a little bit more like this. I don't know these guys. I've sat in spots similar to that, but I don't know these guys. But that's an interesting meal. Sitting on a curb, sharing what's given. Because we know that Christ has given everything to us. Again, think of that night. Jesus healed a man. Jesus healed a man and showed what it was like to live in the presence of God on his day. Healing, complete restoration. Complete restoration that he's done for you. As he calls you his through baptism. As he invites you to his meal at the table. As he strengthens you in faith by his spirit. As he calls you his own and he lifts you up from sinner and away from God to heir and child of the kingdom. From the lowest of all places outside the city to the very spot next to him at the table, as he actually gets down from the head table and serves you, takes care of you, feeds you, strengthens you, and forgives you. You're loved because of all that Christ has done for you. So what does life now look like now? In light of all those promises, that happens in moments kind of like this. And as I think forward of what it would look like in the end of times, in the times when Christ comes back and everybody's together once again eating a meal, I pray it looks like this. This is a small town in Spain. This actually happens. This is a small town in Spain where the entire town shuts down one day a year to have dinner together entirety of the town, now it's not a very big town, but the entirety of the town shuts down and everybody brings tables out and chairs out and it doesn't matter if you're living in the streets or you're living in houses, you're eating and you're eating together and you're living life together, cared for by everybody that is there because God has given an abundance to the, those that can provide and they're providing for everybody as everybody has need. That 
would be beautiful. I know that doesn't happen every day now, but as we think forward to what life would look like eating a meal together with everybody as Christ is the host, it's a great image to think of. What does it look like for such a multitude of people to live in the presence of God in a perfect rest? Not just a one-day Sabbath where that dinner happened in Luke, but an everyday Sabbath in the rest of God, knowing that we are completely cared for by all that he does for us. That's a beautiful image. It's a beautiful thing to think on. That promise. So how does that then shape our life? How does that promise, that reality that will come, Whatever it looks like. In my imagination, it looks like that. But how does that reality, that promise, that life in rest shape our life now? How does it shape our heart now? How does God's word shape us? It starts to let us rest in his promises and care for those who are around us. To share a word. To share some time. To share that peace that comes from nowhere else but from God. As you walk into somebody's presence in the midst of some strife, in the midst of something, and they say, how do you have such peace to offer me? It's a peace that passes all understanding. It's a peace that comes from nowhere else than the love and forgiveness of Jesus. That is the peace that you have. Let that peace shape your life. So that every day has those moments of rest, knowing that that eternal rest, simply meaning everything cared for by God, is a reality to come. And in this moment now, you get to share little bits of it with those who are in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for how you have cared for this church family and for all of our families what you provide each day, even when we don't understand it or it doesn't look like how we would do it, we thank you for your will that is done in our lives. And we pray that we would get out of the way so that you would shine, that all glory would come to you. And as we look forward to that eternal rest in your kingdom, not a a nothingness or a non-activity, but a time in your presence where everything is cared for, We pray that you give us moments of rest before you at your table and that we take that peace with us where you call us to be. In your son Jesus' name, amen.